Welcome to Life Point Plus, a program dealing with marriages and family. We are so glad you're listening. Here's your host, pastor and teacher, Gary Moore. Welcome to Life Point Plus. I'm your host, Gary Moore. Last week, we finished our study of the four habits of joy-filled marriages. Today, we begin looking at Bob Lapine's new book, Love Like You Mean It. As many of you know, Bob is the co-host of the nationally syndicated radio program, Family Life Today. Bob says the premise of this book is, everybody wants a marriage filled with love, but nobody wants to die to self. You know, God created each of us with a deep longing. We yearn to be fully known and fully loved at the same time. We were created not in isolation, but to be connected to others. Each one of us wants to have people in our lives who get us, who cheer us on, and who fill the gaps in our lives. Bob says that at our core, that's the kind of love we're looking for. That's the promise that marriage holds out to us. The first man, Adam, was alone in the garden. But everything God had made up to that point, he proclaimed, good. But when God saw Adam without a partner, God said, it is not good. I will make a helper for him. God fashioned Adam's suitable helper out of one of his ribs. Then, in his final act of creation, God took the two and made them one. In doing so, God gave the man and the woman a taste of the same kind of perfect fellowship and love that the three persons of the Godhead have always experienced and enjoyed. They experienced unhindered, unbroken love. In addition to being physically naked and unafraid, they were emotionally naked and unafraid. You know, if we're honest, most of us expected that a love-filled marriage would be easy to achieve. Maybe you're not yet married or dating, and you expect that when you find your perfect match, your love for one another will grow automatically deeper and deeper. Or maybe you're recently married or about to be married, and your passions and emotions are easily stirred. You're in what I call the hormone happiness phase. At this point in your relationship, love doesn't seem to require any effort on your part. That's why it's called falling in love. Love just happens naturally the way we see it happen in Hallmark movies. The Bible has a word for the kind of love all of us are longing to experience in marriage. The word is oneness. In Genesis 2.24, God tells us that when a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, the two become one. But the kind of perfect oneness love that Adam and Eve experienced as a married couple in Genesis 2, it didn't last long. Their rebellion against God in Genesis 3 changed everything for them, including their experience of marital love. And if you've been married for any length of time— you've undoubtedly experienced some of what they experienced. You know, most of us at some point are so captivated by the strong emotions associated with romantic love that we miscalculate the impact our sin nature has on our quest for perfect love in marriage. We think marital love will be easy and come quickly. But what we think will be easy turns out to be a lot harder than what we expected. Again, let's be real. Most of us bring with us into marriage a fairly shallow, superficial view of what love is. We learn about love from romantic comedies, Jane Austen and the Bronte sisters, 
and a 16th century playwright in England who introduced us to a pair of star-crossed lovers. When you mix movies and novels and poetry and pop songs into a stew pot, what you get is an emotionally charged, exciting mixture that over the years has come to be known as love. And that's a problem. For generations now, men and women have understood that the love shared between a man and a woman is both the foundation for a strong marriage and the source of the deep joy that holds us together in the holy bonds of matrimony. But somewhere along the way, we lost sight of the qualities that define the kind of love that is necessary for a marriage to be what it was designed to be. As a result, we hear people today saying absurd things like, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, which translated means, I think you're a decent, nice person, and I have some feelings for you, some kind of concern or care, but I don't feel the spark or the delight I think I'm supposed to feel. I felt it once, a long time ago, but I've lost it. Bob says we have husbands today who wonder why they aren't as attracted to their wives as they are to the cut young woman who shows up at work looking pretty, smiling, and laughing at their jokes. And we have wives who wondered what happened to the funny, charming, cut young man who used to spend hours just talking to her and looking deeply in her eyes. Now with two kids and two car payments and college debt and full-time jobs and no time just to chill with each other or friends, husbands and wives who once felt sparks of passion whenever they were together now find themselves feeling empty and lonely and bored, wondering where the love went. Some of you may identify. Bob says the truth is, in these cases, the love didn't evaporate. It was never really love at all. He goes on to say that we've been sold a bill of goods about what love is. Like products advertised on late-night television that look amazing but never revolutionize our lives the way they promise, we're duped into thinking that when we exchange vows to love one another until death parts us, we're signing up to receive a lifetime supply of passion and affirmation and attention and care. In fact, if we're really honest, most of us got married because of how our spouse made us feel when we were together. We liked the feeling. So we said, I'll move in and wear a ring and share a house payment and have kids with you as long as you keep making me feel that way. Deep down, we don't get married so that we can love someone else. We get married because we fall in love with the feeling of being loved. Most of us get married to get, not to give. Meanwhile, we have right in front of us the whole time the portrait of the kind of rugged, committed love that may not sell a lot of movie tickets or romance novels, but that sustains marriages in good times and bad. Some of us even had the description of this kind of rugged love read at our weddings. With friends and family assembled, someone opened a Bible to read 1 Corinthians 13 and started to read what sounded at the time like love poetry. They read about the tongues of angels and noisy gongs. They read about bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, and enduring all things. In the midst of our big day, it all sounded wonderful and magical. But if we had been listening carefully to what they were reading, we would have heard a description of a kind of love and loyalty that goes deeper than mere sentiment. 
a kind of steadfast, enduring love that is the most commonly mentioned attribute of God in all of Scripture, a kind of self-sacrificing, self-denying love that Jesus defined as the greater love and that he demonstrated for us by dying in our place. You know, I like romance and passion as much as the next person. They are the seasoning that makes a marriage relationship vibrant. There is a reason people talk about spicing up a marriage. Romance and passion add a zest and joy that bring delight and desire to marriage. But Bob says that the foundation for a marriage that endures is not passion and desire. It's love, real love. The kind of love that the Apostle Paul described for everyone who was part of the church that gathered in the ancient city of Corinth. These were passionate, impulsive new believers whose pagan background was mixed together with a newfound zeal for God. The outcome of that zeal without knowledge was problematic. So Paul wrote to this young church to teach them about a kind of love they didn't understand, a kind of love that was just as unknown in their day as it is in ours. While the Bible's description of love in 1 Corinthians 13 did not have the husband-wife relationship as its focus, this portrait of genuine love perfectly describes and defines the kind of love that God has in mind for every married couple. This study that we're about to embark on is Bob's attempt to get us back on track when it comes to understanding what real love is and how we live it out in marriage. It's not going to be quick fixes or superficial adjustments that you can make that will cause love to flourish in your marriage. What we see in Scripture is that the kind of deep love for which our souls long does not come through tweaking. It's a long, slow, rigorous process. But what the Bible promises is this. The kind of greater love found here is the pathway to joy. It's the real thing. It's the kind of love that will bring real, deep-down, soul-level contentment. The imitation love that the world is peddling will never get you there. It will spring up and fade quickly. Real love takes time. It takes work. There are no shortcuts. But in the end, it's the only love that satisfies. Hopefully, this study can help us learn to love our spouse in a way that goes farther and deeper than momentary sparks of passion and romance. It's time to understand what real love looks like. Bob says that you can have a nice marriage without the kind of greater love that the Bible describes. But there will always be something missing, and it won't be a marriage that glorifies God. Let me remind you what 1 Corinthians 13, 1-3 says. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. In other words, Everything minus love equals nothing. Well, our time is gone for today, but I want to invite you to join me Monday mornings at 10 a.m. on my Mutual Understanding Method Facebook page where I do live teaching about areas of your relationship where mutual understanding is critical. Also, if you haven't done so yet, 
pick up your free copy of Christian Living at one of the more than 600 locations throughout the Treasure Valley and Twin Falls. Read my Understanding Relationships article titled, Avoid Saying I Just Stop Caring. Have a great and safe weekend. God bless. Thank you for listening today. This program is brought to you by Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like to reach Pastor Gary, please email him at pastorgary at cloverdalechurch.org. To know more about the church, go to our website at www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thanks for listening and be blessed.